You are listening to the Carers Link Lowdown, a podcast for unpaid carers across Eastern Barnshire. Thank you for downloading this episode. I'm John and I'm your host and joining me as always is Katie. First of all, Katie, why have we changed the podcast name? We have changed the podcast name for a whole number of reasons. The main one is that there was not the word carer in the in the title. So if anyone looked for uh, a podcast about things that were of importance to carers, What's On did not really give anyone a clue that it was anything to do with carers. Um, so we felt it was it was good to try and reach more people because that's what we want to do is get lots of people finding out about information that they need or, or events that are going on uh, for carers in Eastern Barnshire. So and the, 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 the lowdown is because that's what we're doing. We're giving you the lowdown on things that are important to carers. So we're trying this name out. We did have a few others that we had in our heads, um, but we're trying this one out to see how it goes. If you have, if you don't like the title, let us know. If you've got other ideas, let us know. It's not set in tablets of stone, but for now, it's the Carers Link Lowdown. Absolutely. And, and it is about giving carers a voice and and it is about them um, being able to to you know, relate to what we're trying to do here. So, so if you, again, if you've got any ideas, if you've got any thoughts, please let us know. We're not precious about anything. Um, and, and I think we had some pretty weird suggestions as well. What was the, what was the craziest one, do you think? This is a really hard question. John asked me this just before we came on air, folks. And I told him that I had just deleted the list of titles. And now he's gone and asked me the question. We did have the Carers Link experience, which we felt maybe was a bit too like the Jimi Hendrix experience. So we discarded that one. Um, I think there was a the Carers Cast was another one, but those aren't the silly ones. I can't remember the silly ones. Okay, probably a good thing then. <laughs> okay, so um, now moving on to uh, today's topic, and um, we are revisiting health and well-being. It's a series we've been doing um, back in last. I think we started last April. Um, can't believe it's almost a year. And uh, and it's really focusing on health and well-being and coping in, under the, in sort of the lockdown that we're in. And today we want to focus on steps to good mental health. And uh, Katie, who have we got to chat about this? We've got two people who many carers may well recognise when they start speaking um, because both have worked closely with Carers Link in the past, but that's not who they're working with at the moment. They both work with Grace and we'll get them to tell you a bit about that in a minute. But today we have Judith. So Judith, do you want to quickly say hello? Hello, everyone. Do you recognise the accent? And we also have Mirka. Let's see. Mirka, do you want to say hello? Here's another foreign accent. Hello, everybody. (laughs) There you go. We're a multilingual cultural podcast today. So the organisation that that they both work for is Grace. So Judith, do you want to tell us a bit about your role in Grace and what Grace does as an organisation? Hello. Thank you for having me. Back in Keras Link, you will probably remember me, most of, well, a few of you maybe. I used to work for Keras Link for about five years as a well-being um, coordinator. And due to funding reasons, I lost that job and moved on to becoming a massage therapist. And that's how I really got to know Grace. Um, I approached Grace and asked, could I offer massage therapists for their members? And that's what I did. And as you all know, last March, lockdown happened and massage therapies are something that is clearly too close to the body. (laughs) So a bit too risky and I can't do that anymore. And Grace asked me to keep working for them as their well-being advisor, I would call myself. 
Grace stands for, who, who, I don't know if you know Grace, but Grace stands for Group Recovery Aftercare Enterprise. Um, the organization supports people who are post-recovery of a whole range of things, either addiction, alcohol, or in post-recovery after a mental health challenge, or any kind of trauma they suffered in their life. Aftercare means they would normally have been through a process of rehab or recovery through counseling, therapy, and so on. Then they join Grace and they support each other in order to keep strong, keep in recovery, and don't fall back. That's the idea. The idea is it's a peer support organization. So members support each other. It's all run by them on a voluntary basis. And Judith, um, what is the benefits of peer support? People in general can imagine what the others have been through because they've been through similar things themselves. Um, they know what it means to have been through crisis. Uh, they know some better, some not so good probably, how to remain in recovery, remain strong, remain healthy, whatever they've been through. Um, it's basically through knowing each other, they can help each other. It's very similar to what carers go through. Carers know each other. Carers know what it means to be an unpaid carer, therefore they can help each other. Mirka, do you want to, to quickly tell us what, what your role is in, in GRACE? As opposed to Judith, who is involved in, in so many different projects, and she, she coordinates uh, quite a lot of uh, different activities. I'm more of a facilitator for Grace. I'm, I'm a CBT counselor. So my role is, um, is, is more limited to delivering one-to-one -one support or on a short-term basis for our members who might need that, or occasionally run groups um, focused on, on mental health. Could, can you just do a quick definition of CBT? Of course, of course, absolutely. Uh, too much jargon sometimes, and professionals forget that we need to to be more clear for, for everybody who would like to learn uh, more. So CBT stands for Cognitive Behavioural Therapy. So it incorporates both cognitive and behavioural tools to, to help uh, people develop... Um, healthier coping mechanisms or um, explore their thoughts and feelings or understand the connection and the relationship between our thoughts, our feelings and our behaviors and how they interact with each other and how they develop our personality. And a question, uh, I suppose, moving forward is, is how has uh, the pandemic and COVID affected the way that you're delivering the services now? So Grace used to um, work from uh, two community centres, one in Kirkintiloch and one in Ochenean Bishop Briggs. Um, they used to offer loads and loads of activities um, like an art group or they had a members check-in once a week. They ran yoga classes, massage therapies digital cafes, you name it, many, many, many activities, all from the community centres, which are closed now. Obviously, they closed last March, 
Grace was very quick uh, to um, transfer every activity onto Zoom. Um, they've been offering all those activities and more um, all through Zoom, uh, all online. Um, that was a huge undertaking, as you can imagine. Loads of other organizations like Kiaraslink and all the others had to do the same. We had to enable people to actually get online. Um, they needed to get onto Wi-Fi, they needed to get uh, laptops, iPads, phone, you name it. They need help, one-to-one -one support to actually enable them to access those platforms. And that's one thing Grace offers one-to-one -one digital support, but also group digital cafes and laptop sessions, iPad sessions, all of that. So it was huge. Um, what they, I mean, you, you can go on Facebook site or Grace uh, website and you see the weekly program. The range is, is, is so big that I cannot remember it all actually. Um, so they've got at least three things on every day at the moment. Yeah, that's the main thing. And it's all group, it's all group sessions really and facilitated by facilitators like Mirka, the group therapy or a community artist, the art group and, and others, fitness classes, yoga classes, you name it. And if I can follow that, how have people reacted to that change? Initially with a lot of panic and fright and no, I'm not going to do it. And that's where Mirka and I came in initially and we had another person, Shingi, he helped us as well. We offered those one-to-one -one telephone sessions to reassure people, to make sure they had everything they needed, but also to reassure them about, you know, there is help out there, we can get you online. And we did. And people learned so much and they are really, really proud of themselves, including myself. I would never have done this in the past. I would never have been on Zoom in the past without you having to drag me onto this. And now we are all so used to it and I'm really, really proud of all of us, actually. I would like to add on that, on, on how, how impressed I have been by how we see people throughout the months develop their personalities. Uh, and, and we see people unfold new skills and new talents that we were not aware of in the past. So we have seen people who in actual physical groups were maybe shy or maybe would sit back and wait to, to listen to other people. Now they step up, they participate in groups and activities and quizzes. Some of them actually have come up with their own ideas for groups and they share fun groups. So we have been very impressed by how we have seen our members develop through the online activities. I think it has been an amazing achievement of the members, how they adapted throughout the course of these last months. Yeah, I think the population in general, I think that when it all first started, people thought it was going to end. So there was no point in um, in learning all these skills but then they've realized that if they want to to take part they're going to have to and and they have and I, I think that's maybe there's not much positive about this pandemic but I think that the people getting confidence in being being digitally included is 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 a real positive of of, of what's happened over the last months. You were talking about online um, resources and I was wondering if is there anything else that, that you have now we can put links to these in the in the show notes but is is there anything specific that people can look out for that maybe stories of other people, how they've got through 
things and recovered. The face is the Facebook page. Do you have stories on the Facebook page at all? I know you've got quite an active Facebook. Right. Page. So what Grace has done, they have actually produced a couple of short films recently. I'm not sure if they're on Facebook yet, but they will be published very soon. I'm pretty sure about people's experiences during lockdown. Yeah. And also on Facebook, people have been posting the work achieved at home, like the work they do on the, the art group. We have seen amazing artistic work from, from our people. So, yeah, we do have um, very active Facebook pages. And I think that, that gives the whole team a sense of pride for all the things that they achieve. And then they can see them posted on Facebook. The other thing I forgot to say, we've got various WhatsApp groups running. So we, for instance, this is one of my passion passions, I would have started a real walking group soon because it would have been legal until Christmas. It's not legal now, unfortunately. So what we started is a virtual WhatsApp walking group. And that is amazing to see. We kind of post photos every day. We motivate each other to get out. And if someone says, no, I haven't managed today, you won't believe it, but people will say, get out now, and they do. And 10 minutes later, they come back. I've been out for 10 minutes, so it's great. So WhatsApp is another great platform to actually share experiences and get out there and tell people what they need, but also what they have achieved. I think I think reconnecting with nature is so powerful, isn't it? Uh, just going out and experiencing, especially today when it's a nice day, um, just to go out and smell the roses as well. There's not any roses at the moment, but uh, you know what I mean? Okay, I think we'll move on to uh, uh, to talk about uh, a specific thing that Grace has been doing and uh, looking at the, uh, the the therapy sessions that uh, Mirka alluded to earlier. So um, do you want to talk a wee bit about um, what you're doing and and maybe about the, the impact that COVID's had and what you've been seeing? So at the beginning, as Judith said earlier, um, we, we supported people on on one to one basis via via phone calls, because people seemed to be in despair, in panic. They were very worried. This was a new thing. We didn't know how to manage. We were not allowed to go out. Uh, people felt lonely. They felt isolated. I think this is so common among really all of us. I think that's that's another thing that, that makes this pandemic such a unique phenomenon. In Before this, people would approach um, well-being practitioners for support, and the idea was that the well-being people knew what they were doing and had their lives balanced and all sorted. Well, guess what? We're all affected by this pandemic, so no one has a golden recipe of achievement, and we all struggle with the same difficulties. So this has an impact on every single one of us, uh, and I think that's what has kept me sane throughout the months, is the work and the, the feeling that I support people and the support comes back to me through the communication. So at the beginning, uh, we supported people on, on one-to-one basis via phone calls and then via video calls once they have started mastering the art of Zoom. And uh, in due course, what was really missed was the group. Well, and practically that's what we all miss, to be together, to, to hug each other, to, to have a meal together, to be in the group, to be in the community. So uh, 
currently almost 100% of our work and the support is being delivered on groups with only minor exceptions. And um, what, is, um, what is amazing is how, wh- wh- what I've been noticing is how people feel empowered by the, the actions organized by Grace. They feel a sense of pride that they contribute with it. They have their, they take their own initiatives and they have developed a sense of belonging. They know that this is where they, they belong. They, they, they have a sense of understanding of each other. So I think this is what has kept our members strong. That sense of, of the power of the group and the sense of belonging. You talked about doing um, cognitive behavioural therapy, CBT. So you, you normally think of that as being a face-to-face activity, but obviously we can't do that. So how is that working, doing that online? Actually, remote therapy has been used long before COVID to increase access to psychological support for, for everyone. There have been people in the past with mobility issues or other issues that prevented them from being able to access the therapist office, the therapist room. So Zoom had, and, and online support had been used before. Um, so there is a lot of research that the, the last few years, if whether remote therapy would have comparable uh, results with face-to-face. So as, as in every situation, there's, there's pros and cons. So uh, in, in a number of different thera- ther- therapeutic approaches, like cognitive behavioral therapy, but also person-centered support or other types of support or maybe trauma work, uh, there's, um, there's evidence that the outcomes are similar. While working online, maybe there is a little bit of more of a distance. The fact that people have access to it, no matter where they are, and it makes it easy for them and they don't have to go out, counterbalances the disadvantage. So it does actually work with very comparable results. So I think when it comes to therapy, online is the future because it will make it accessible to everybody, no matter practical difficulties like transportation or having to move. And Mirka, what kind of themes are coming up for you during the sessions without betraying any confidentiality, of course? Well, I think isolation is is big. Uh, Worry is very big. January has been traditionally a difficult month for this country because the nights are still long and dark and the weather is cold and people cannot go out very much. So traditionally, January is a difficult month for mental health. So after a difficult year with this pandemic, with fear about the future, I I see a lot of people worrying about the future. I see a lot of people mm, feeling isolated, lonely, I, I hear a lot of people missing friends and family, or and and quite often, people finding it difficult to contain their whole life in the very same space of their home because the lounge has become their office, has become the kindergarten, has become has become everything. 
So they need variety in life. And and what kind of things do you, what kind of suggestions can you make to people to help them manage the worry? Can, I mean, I know it's it's very difficult to be well general, but... There's, there's actually simple techniques we can use in, in cognitive behavioural therapy, and they work. So a, a technique that I've been using often on on one-to-one but also in in group settings is i i I encourage people to set up a worry time throughout the day and agree with themselves that there will be a specific time throughout the day that that will be their worry time a time that would last between 15 or 30 minutes but no more so you make it obviously and please please be careful Make sure you don't arrange, you don't agree with yourself, your worry time to be near your bedtime for obvious reasons, because your bedtime will go out of the window. But if sometime until before dinner, you agree with yourself that you will keep, let's say, 30 minutes to worry for as long as you like and plan how to manage your worries, then obviously you will notice that throughout the days, Throughout the day, your worries will come up. Keep a notepad and make sure that you note down your worry and agree with yourself that you'll come back to it during your worry hour. Once you know that all your worries are put in your notepad so you will not forget them and you'll be able to worry about them and plan how to manage them, let's say between five and half past five in the afternoon, then you you can focus on other things. Rest assured that you have your worry time, that's free worry, you're allowed to worry, and it's okay to worry. So people who have actually tried this technique, um, they feel that it's okay to worry at their own specific time. So it gives them a sense of liberty, a sense of freedom that, well, I have 23 and a half hours in the day to do whatever I want, and I have my half hour dedicated to my worries. So actually it has worked as long as people are consistent and try that again and again. And is there any other things that can help apart from uh, therapies and Judith? Well, I try to say to people, one of the main things, first of all, you read, all over the place, it's okay not to be okay. And I do not agree with that because I think it's not okay not to be okay. What I think is it's very common and normal not to be okay at the moment. If you want to feel better, stay connected. That's one of the main thing in my opinion. So groups is the way of, joining groups is the way of staying connected and participate and exchange with others how you feel. And the other thing which I think is really important is never feel you cannot ask for help. Just ask, reach out. There's nothing to lose. You just do it. And then, of course, the other things are live a healthy lifestyle because I'm a well-being advisor. I always say that try to stay off the alcohol if you can. Um, Try to get out every day. Try to have a good diet if you can. (laughs) But I'm not trying to push that too much. I think the main thing is ask for help, ask for support, stay connected with people. I think it's really important because one of the things about asking for help is you're actually accepting that there is something that you need help with. And and maybe that's kind of tying back to the worrying thing, you know, that 
that you've worried and, and you've come up with a plan of action for your worry, which is asking for help. But often people are very reluctant to ask for help. And I mean, it's the same with, with carers, I would say to any carers out there, you know, if you are struggling, then please get in touch with us because we've got people who can just talk to you. And sometimes talking is all that's needed, but also they've got information that they can give you. They can point you in the right direction of other sources of help. So yes, ask, I think that's a really important one, Judith, asking for help. I think that's the reason why people repeat that it's okay to not be okay, because they want to tackle a feeling of embarrassment and shame some people feel. They feel that they should not feel like that. They should be okay for some reason. They're the providers, they're parents, they're um, employees, they're... Um, they, they, they need to be okay, they're carers, they need to be okay for the sake of the loved ones. So I think that's that's what is the point. No need to be ashamed for not being okay. No need to be embarrassed. None of us is 100% okay at this time. This pandemic is not okay. And that's okay. It's it's life. I mean, I think it's, I think it's something that, that we remind people, especially in, like, for example, our mindfulness group, is, is that, you know, it's, it's okay to let it all hang out. It's okay. It doesn't matter. No, I mean the, the the thing is that lockdown. We're all we're all in our own homes. We don't have to worry how we look so much because we're in our homes anyway. Um, and so we can we can we, you know we can let go of that need to to put on a mask and and just be ourselves. Perhaps I mean sometimes we want to run away from that. And that's probably why people do other have other coping strategies that perhaps don't help. Okay, so. Um, I mean, there's a term that we hear quite a lot and that, that's kind of associated with uh, recovering. It's called resilience. Can you maybe explain what resilience is and how we can how we can build up more resilience? Oh, resilience is really one of the best tools one can use in life. It's it's um it's it's where being positive leads to, and that's why we encourage people in positive thinking and. And, and, and keeping a positive attitude in life. As Judith said, like try to be out, try to do things, uh, manage life. So I would, um, I've, I've borrowed, uh, and, and again, I use it in my groups and one-to-one -one, uh, work I do for Grace. Um, the, the, th the three secrets of resilient people um, as um, described by an Australian psychologist and resilience expert, Lucy Hone. So first thing, what she says is that resilient people do know and understand, excuse my French, shit happens. Life cannot always be fun. Life cannot always be easy. Life cannot always be as planned. There will be difficulties and suffering is part of human existence. Um, and this actually puts you back in the driver's seat when it comes to your life. You're not the victim of a challenge that occurred to you. It happened, it's life, you will manage like everybody else. Resilient people is the second um, secret, have a way to focus their attention on what they can change and accept what they cannot change. Choose realistically where to focus your attention 
it's it's a skill that we can learn. Uh, our, our human brain is hardwired to to seek for the negative. It it actually it it's been designed like that because we need to look for the negative in order to protect ourselves. And um, during the period of cavemen, that actually paid off for our survival. We don't live in caves anymore, and human brain doesn't seem to know that. So we need to teach our brain how to focus on the things that you can actually change and accept things that you cannot change like this pandemic. Uh, Last but not least, ask yourself, no matter what you're doing, is what I'm doing helping or harming me? And this simple question can apply to everything you do in life, literally everything. Uh, Do I need this extra glass of wine? Is this helping me or harming me? Do I need to stay longer in front of my computer screen? Is that helping me or harming me? Do I need to go out for a walk? Is that helping me or harming me? What, What is good for me and what is not good for me? Be kind to yourself and choose what's helping you rather than what's harming you. Choose wisely. That's all. That's fantastic. Thank you very much. Um, and we're coming. We're actually drawing towards the the end of of, of this podcast. And um, and uh, want to thank you very much. And uh, but I'd like to. We always finish. We got a tradition of finishing off with a silly question. So, um, what has your been? What's been your guilty secret after talking about all this well and being and wellness? What has been your guilty secret that's helped you cope with lockdown? Okay. I'll share that, and I'm positive that I might get told off by Judith afterwards. But <laughs> every evening, I do not ask myself if an extra ice cream bar is helping me or harming me. I'm having it. Well, you could ask yourself the question and answer it with, yes, it's helping me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, of course, I could certainly do that. <laughs> and what flavour? I am... Um, I'm, I'm, my favourites are Mars ice cream bars. Fantastic. Really love them. And Judith? Guilty secret. What I, I, I treated myself recently to a massage mat, which I put on a comfy chair and I sit there every night and have a massage. <laughs> and that really helps, actually. That's not really guilty. <laughs> but we'll let you away with it, Judith. <laughs> Yeah, because some people have resorted to, to binge watching box sets and 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 Netflix and that kind of thing. Comes and goes. Comes and goes. Comes and goes. Okay, okay. Well, thanks very much for for coming on. Well, thank you for inviting us. I think it's a really great thing to share share experiences with other organisations within Eastern Partnership. I think that's really important, actually. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I do think it does help our community. So, yes, absolutely. Thank you for having us today. Thank you again to, to, to Mirka and to, to Judith for taking part in today's um, uh, podcast. And uh, Katie, lots of things to think about. I'm going to have my worry half hour because my worry half hour tends to happen at about five o'clock in the morning. That's when, when it shouldn't happen. So I'm going to move it, Mirka. I promise you I'm going to move it. Sounds like a plan. Move it somewhere near the afternoon. Yes. Yes. 
So um, what we'll do is we'll we'll put the the contact details for Grace in into the the show notes um, so that you and if anyone does want to get in touch with you, they can and the Facebook page and all that kind of stuff. So yes, so moving on, we're thinking about what we're going to do for the future, and we're going to put our plea out yet again to to carers to say, you know, this we're very happy to cover any topic that you would like to see us cover. So please do let us know if there's something that you think we could be. Uh, finding out about for you or getting someone in to talk to you to talk about then that that would really help us we do have a plan the next uh podcast we're hoping will be um talking to our young adult carers and talking about the challenges in, in COVID of moving um in within education or also about employability so we'll cover a bit about employability because there's been a lot of um difficulties with people and their employment recently so that's what we're hoping to cover in the next podcast um but yes we still need ideas folks and now also which you really say that if if you're listening to this and you've been affected by anything that we've talked about or you've thought mm, is there is there counseling and support for carers uh, just to say there is and we do have a, a service a positive changes service and and uh, uh, uh rose is the person who who heads that up and uh, and we do have access to some therapies therapists and also to um for example resilience coaching which we might do a thing on i think we did a talk on it before christmas but we might do some more on that in a similar time so if you're out there and you're a carer and you want help please ask please get in touch with us with us and we'll again we'll leave all the details in in the notes uh, if you get any other general queries all the usual information um phone number will all be in the show notes and uh, and I guess that's it Katie um, again thanks to Judith and to Mirka and uh, until next time bye-bye. bye bye